Departed Stars, a developing duo, and more on this episode of Star Witness. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Star Witness, the show all about the Dallas Cowboys here on 24-7 Sports. I'm your host Kevin Boylard. In a moment we'll be joined by Patrick Walker of the Dallas Cowboys on 24-7 Sports so he can break down everything to do with the Dallas Cowboys as of late. Some of the things we're going to be talking about Jason Witten and Des Bryant leaving. Whose team is this now, and how are they going to fill those roles? We'll also take a look at the running back position and maybe a little bit of a duo that's developing. It might not be the all-Zeke show. We're going to talk about Bo Scarborough and what he brings to the Dallas Cowboys offense. Lastly, we'll be touching on the Cowboys defense and how they can use that unit to dethrone the Eagles. Make sure you're dropping your questions in the comment section throughout the broadcast. We'll be reading them, and I'll try to answer as many of them as possible, get as many of those to Patrick as possible. And then if your question doesn't get answered by Patrick, make sure you're calling in when we open up the phone lines later on. Stay tuned for that moment. In the meantime, let's bring in Patrick Walker of the Dallas Cowboys on 24-7 Sports. There he is. Patrick, how's it going, my man? It's going great. How are things for you, Kevin? Oh, things are just fine here in the 24-7 Sports Studio in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, so first thing I need you guys to do is vote in the poll you see pop up right there. I'm asking you, Cowboys fans, who's going to be better in the booth, Tony Romo or Jason Witten? Now, Tony Romo, we've already heard him for one year. He's got one year advantage, but Jason Witten is joining that ESPN Monday Night Football crew. Patrick, where do you think the fans will stand on this one? I think as it stands, the fans are probably going to go ahead and side with Tony Romo just uh, for the sake of knowing exactly what Romo is bringing to the table broadcasting-wise. Uh, took the entire, you know, sports media broadcasting industry by storm with his uh, excitable style of play calling, his predictive style of play calling, the the quote-unquote kid in the candy store uh, kind of style that he brings to the microphone. And I think Jason Witten is going to be phenomenal in the position, but like you said, Romo does have that one-year experience on him. Uh, Romo has gone, you know, turned himself into America's sweetheart when it comes to NFL broadcasting. He's the guy you're looking for when you're looking for an NFL game, uh, the casual fan I'm speaking of. So I think it's going to be Romo that's going to win this battle right now. Well, it started out pretty close, but the more you talked about it, the more Romo pulled away. <laughs> He's closing in on 100 votes right now. Jason Witten just passed the 70 mark. Continue to vote in that poll. If you'd like to show your love for Romo, hit that heart button. And if you would like to vote for Jason Witten as the star in the booth, hit that wow surprise face emoji. So some big losses tony romo last year des bryant before the draft jason witten during the draft surprise retirement announcement he's going to espn so let's talk about how the cowboys fill some of these roles i mean jason witten the accolades all-time leader in cowboys history for receptions and for receiving yards fourth all-time for receptions in NFL history for anyone with 1,152. So the Cowboys lose him and Des Bryant, who's their all-time leader in receiving touchdowns. Which role will be harder to fill, the Des role or the Jason Witten role? 
Well, Kevin, in my opinion, the bigger loss is going to be Witten here. Um, it doesn't appear Bryant and quarterback Dak Prescott would have uh, been on the same page chemistry-wise anytime soon. Uh, certainly not by the time it you know comes around for the Cowboys to try to renegotiate Dak Prescott's contract. Uh, but Witten was still a nice security blanket statistically and for Dak Prescott out of that tight end position. Uh, more important than what he was providing on the field, though, in the end, was Witten's veteran leadership in the locker room. Uh, with, su with such a young core going forward, you know, others are now going to have to step up and be the leader Witten was, and those are not size five shoes to fill either. Um, I mean, those are massive. You're looking for players like Sean Lee. Obviously, he's going to step up and continue to be the leader that he is. Some of the all-pro offensive linemen, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, Tyron Smith, they're going to lead the way on the offensive side of the ball um, to step in and keep that leadership torch burning strong. But uh, aside from losing your, you know, uh, security blanket. They still haven't definitively found a an heir to Jason Witten. I think those two things alone are going to make it more difficult to replace Witten than, say, Bryant, because, again, the chemistry issues with Bryant and Prescott did not seem to um, evolve uh, into anything positive leading up to his release this uh, this offseason. Jason was still Jason Witten was still playing some of his best football in his 15th yes. year last year. So it's not like they're just replacing dead weight. Jason Witten was a contributor for this Cowboys team. And the turnover at the pass catching positions does not end there. Look at day three of the draft when Ryan Switzer was traded to the Raiders and the Cowboys dealt for Tavon Austin. So you got a little bit of a flip switch there uh, between those two mix it up wide receivers punt returner kick returner however you want to look at those guys those specialists Austin was a former eighth overall pick everyone knows him for his blazing speed but Ryan Switzer was a fourth rounder in last year's draft who showed a lot of promise as a rookie and even took one return to the house What's the difference between these two players, and did the Cowboys end up getting the better one in Austin? I, I think what they ended up doing was getting one that fit the system that they're trying to build better than what they had in Ryan Switzer. That's not a knock against Switzer. Um, I had an exclusive conversation with him earlier in the week. Uh, you guys obviously can check it out on 247sports.com slash NFL slash Dallas um, hyphen Cowboys. But what Switzer pretty much put out there and what he revealed is that the Cowboys, when they drafted him, uh, they more or less ignored his college tape with the Tar Heels and they were looking backwards to his high school days when he took some snaps at halfback. Wasn't exceptionally proficient then at halfback, but that lets you know what kind of player they were looking to turn him into. Unfortunately, that was not his skill set, which is why he's now uh, taking up residence with the Oakland Raiders. They're looking for someone like Tavon Austin to come in and do that and fill that role left behind by Lance Dunbar, who departed in a free agency a couple off-seasons ago. Uh, and Tavon Austin is completely built for that. Uh, if you look at what he did uh, at Dunbar High School up in Baltimore, Maryland, he you know broke state, re state records there as a running back. Um, if you look at the conversion to wide receiver at West Virginia, 
Uh, he obviously proved himself there as well, ended up becoming the eighth overall pick. Look at what he's done with both the run game as far as playing, you know, snaps as a scat back, as well as in the wide receiver game for the Los Angeles Rams. Those numbers are pretty much similar or not, not far off. So he's already proven that he can contribute as a running back. That's more or less what the Cowboys are going to look for out of Tavon Austin. They tried to make that happen with Ryan Switzer. Um, it was an ill-advised move. They went ahead and made that pick because the Philadelphia Eagles Eagles took Donnell Pumphrey away from them in 2017. Naheem Hines left for the Colts earlier in day three. That was going to be their pick. But once Naheem Hines was uh, scooped by the Colts, they went ahead and pulled the trigger on the Tavon Austin deal, who, which they had in their back pocket since March. Uh, and that's what pretty much prompted the uh, the trade for Switzer out to the Raiders. But I think now, if you look at the divorce between themselves and Ryan Switzer, I think Switzer's going to be much better off with the Oakland Raiders and their style of play, what they're looking to use him as, which is a receiver. He could be their slot receiver as soon as 2019. For the Cowboys, they also got what they needed to get in Tavon Austin. And I think um, you're going to see anywhere from you know, 13, 14, maybe even 15 snaps a game for Austin uh, in two capacities. One, as the uh, halfback slash scat back, and he may even get snaps out of the slot role as well to kind of spell Cole Beasley. So I think it worked out for both parties. No matter who it is, Jason Witten, Tony Romo, Des Bryant, or even Ryan Switzer, departures always equal opportunities for someone else. So I'm asking you, Patrick, who is your surprise pick? to have a breakout year for the Cowboys in 2018. I'm going to go with, and, and I love this draft from the Cowboys. I gave them an A minus, which is stellar. Um, and I, I have my favorites, obviously, but I'm going to go with Michael Gallup here. Uh, if you look at, we talked about Des Bryant being one of the key departures this offseason. That left a huge void. Obviously, he's the all-time leader in receiving touchdowns for the Cowboys. Those are some huge shoes to fill. Alan Hearns, they brought him in on a two-year deal, but uh, Hearns is not, was not expected to be uh, that number one receiver. He's going to prosper, hopefully, as the number two receiver. That's why they went and picked up Michael Gallup. They actually had Gallup on the board ready to go with the 50th overall pick, but they were so surprised that Connor Williams, the offensive lineman, was still there. They went ahead and made that selection. But 81st pick came around, and what do you know? Michael Gallup was still there staring them in the face. So tremendous value on day two. Uh, Michael Gallup, six foot one, 205 pounds. He's only an inch shorter than Des Bryant. He's a little bit lighter, about 15 pounds lighter, but he's also a bit faster than Des Bryant. Uh, he's coming to the Cowboys, 2,690 yards uh, and uh, 21 receiving touchdowns in only 26 games as a starter with Colorado State. I think with Michael Gallup, you're going to see uh, a lot of big plays. He's a great route runner. He can get underneath uh, the second level once the ball is in his hand. He's an aggressive runner. He does have that Des Bryant mentality where he wants contact. He he thrives on embarrassing the defensive back. So it's a very Des Bryant-esque receiver that you're going to get in Gallup. And I think with uh, Ezekiel Elliott, if he can, um, you know, be on the field for 16-plus games, that's going to help. Connor Williams is there, obviously. The offense is kind of built right now to help a player like Michael Gallup succeed immediately, and I think that's what you're going to see in 2018. In order for that to happen, Gallup is going to have to develop the chemistry with Dak Prescott. Des Bryant never could. Dak Prescott is now going into his third season with the Cowboys. He's got a 22-10 and 10 record as a starter and a 95.5 career passer rating. Did these Cowboys officially become Dak's Cowboys when Jason Witten retired? Well, you know, Kevin, you could argue they became um, Dak Prescott's team partly when Tony Romo was released. 
uh, following the 2016 season and that much more after the team released Des Bryant. Um, by the time Jason Witten announced his retirement, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion. The Cowboys were all in on Dak Prescott being the leader and the face of this franchise. They've made coaching moves as far as personnel is concerned to make sure that the offense is quote-unquote Dak-friendly going forward, kind of getting away from the Tomo, Tony Romo-friendly uh, team that was built uh, up until 2016. Uh, you look at the moves that have been made with the release of Dez Bryant because of lack of chemistry issues, more or less, uh, between those two. Uh, and, and because the legends are now gone and this is the young guard offensively, um, you're looking at this being Dak Prescott's team at least through 2019, which is going to be his contract year. But that being said, there's an asterisk next to that because 2018 is going to be extremely pivotal for Dak, pivotal, I'm sorry, for Dak Prescott. Uh, it's his third year. Cowboys would love to start contract talks with him uh, following the 2018 season. Executive Vice President Stephen Jones said um, from the team's annual golf outing that they are hoping Dak Prescott has an MVP caliber season in 2018 and then, quote, they'll deal with it from there, end quote. So that lets you know that all eyes are on Dak Prescott right now. There will be no talks at the table for a potential contract extension unless he shows the team um, those 2016 numbers or better. But as it stands, this is definitely Dak Prescott's team. You are watching Star Witness with Patrick Walker of the Dallas Cowboys on 24-7 Sports. I'm Kevin Boylard. We're having some technical difficulties with the comment section on Facebook, but all that means is that when we open up the phone lines, you better call in if you want to get your voice heard. I'll continue to try to refresh the feed and see if we can get some of your comments. But in the meantime, we've got plenty of questions. I have plenty of questions here for Patrick. So let's move on now. We talked a lot about the departures. Let's talk about a new guy and also a guy everyone knows. It's Ezekiel Elliott and Bo Scarborough. Scarborough was a star running back, two-time national champion out of Alabama, drafted in the seventh round of this year's NFL draft by the Dallas Cowboys. He joins Ezekiel Elliott, who has led the NFL in rushing yards per game each of the past two years, but he's also averaging almost 25 touches per game for his career, so my question is there enough room in the playbook for both of these guys to exist in the same backfield? I believe that it is. I believe that there is room for both of them to exist. Um, it's going to have to be in the capacity where everyone understands that uh, each player bring something different to the table in that running back room. You have Ezekiel Elliott, who is a three-down back. He can do it all. Um, you have Rod Smith, the veteran, who, you know, he has skins on the wall from that, you know, what he did in 2017 in the absence of Ezekiel Elliott. So that's going to be Bo Scarborough's direct competition, is trying to challenge veteran Rod Smith for the role as incumbent RB2. Uh, but you look at someone like Jordan Chun, the undrafted free agent out of Troy. You look at Trey Williams. He's on a futures deal right now. Uh, he's going to battle it out with Chun. That's the ter third tier, in my opinion. But here's the wild card. We talked about Tavon Austin. Here he comes. Tavon Austin is going to come in getting 10 or more snaps in, from the running back position. Um, so that's going to affect how those reps, uh, how the remaining of those reps, remainder of those reps go to someone like Rod Smith, someone like Bo Scarborough. I think there's enough to go around. You might see uh, a slight reduction in Ezekiel Elliott's carries 
And when I say slight, I do mean slight. So if we're talking about him probably having 25 carries this coming Sunday, hypothetically, maybe it goes down to 22, 21 carries so that they can kind of get both Scarborough in there, get Tavon Austin in there and see what they have with Rod Smith to see who's going to, you know, work out at uh, the RB2 role. But I think the way that Scarborough runs, you're looking at someone who can be uh, a Brandon Jacobs for the Dallas Cowboys, who can be a LeGarrette Blunt for the Dallas Cowboys. You let Ezekiel Elliott tenderize the meat for the first uh, couple of quarters. Uh, and then third quarter, fourth quarter, once the defense is worn down, Ezekiel Elliott jogs off the field. Defense thinks uh, they, they have a, a respite. And then on comes the hammer, uh, which would be Bo Scarborough. And I think he, he just really... Uh, drives it home for the Dallas Cowboys. So I think that's a good, a great, actually, uh, lightning and hammer, um, ground and pound kind of combo there. But it will be interesting to see how they get uh, all of that panned out because between Ezekiel Elliott, Rod Smith, um, Bo Scarborough, and Tavon Austin, I think it's pretty much a lock that all four are going to make the 53-man roster. How those reps are going to split between or behind Ezekiel Elliott, that's where things get interesting. When you compare Bo Scarborough to guys like Brandon Jacobs, LeGarrette Blunt, the first thing that comes to mind is power. You describe him as a closer, someone that can win the Cowboys games in the fourth quarter. What other aspects of Scarborough's game will make it tough for the Cowboys to keep him on the sideline? Well, the, the common thing that's overlooked with Bo Scarborough is uh, he's not simply a bully um, and a powerful back that can mow over or, or bowl over guys, but he can also catch passes out of the backfield. Um, it's more or less like having a bigger Ezekiel Elliott uh, in the passing game, with the exception that Zeke is just absolutely ridiculous when it comes to creating gains um, when there should be losses. So I think that aspect of Bo Scarborough is going to be very attractive as well because, yes, uh, primarily you want him to come in and, and be the finisher. And, yes, Ezekiel Elliott can also be the finisher. We know that. But in the spirit of speaking of Scarborough, he has that going for him. But the fact that he can also catch out of the backfield and he can block. Um, coming out of Alabama, one of the bigger things, one of the bigger attributes they, they put or, you know, beat into the heads of their running backs is they have to be able to block in that offense. So I think that's going to work out very well for uh, Scarborough with a team like the Cowboys, who demands that their running backs be able to block. Rod Smith is is great at blocking. Ezekiel Elliott is elite at blocking. They got to keep Dak Prescott upright. They're moving over to the run pass option offense. So blocking is going to be key. It's going to be deeper than just running the ball and, and catching passes. You're going to have to get dirty and engage some of these linebackers and some of these edge rushers. And Bo Scarborough being one of the larger guys in the running back room, um, he's more or less like a linebacker himself when it comes to engaging with some of those uh, guys coming off the edge and some of those blitzing linebackers. So I think all of that's really going to work in his favor. And that's why I think he makes the 53-man roster. The Cowboys on offense, there's a lot of flux. There's a lot of new pieces trying to come together. However, on the defensive side of the ball, there's a lot of the same faces from last year, and they added Leighton Van Der Esch in the first round of this year's draft, an impact inside linebacker who could do really big things for the Cowboys this year. But I want to ask, when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles and the number one target in the NFC East and beyond, 
as defending Super Bowl champions. One of the things that got them there was a stifling defense. They were top five in yards allowed, points allowed, and takeaways. However, the Cowboys are narrowing the gap when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Can the Cowboys be better than the Eagles on defense in 2018? Well, you know, as we have this discussion, Kevin, on May 9th, uh, before the rookies even report to minicamp, uh, I'll say no. Um, I will, however, I will say that I believe some of the veterans, uh, some of the veteran deals like that of Coney Ely, uh, potentially Terrell McClain, if his deal lands, he's set to meet with the Cowboys on tonight, uh, the evening of May 9th. Uh, if those end well production-wise, you're adding strong rotational talent behind a potentially stout front that has Demarcus Lawrence, they have David Irving back, and maybe even, dare I say it, Randy Gregory. Um, so look for someone like Leighton Vander Esch to be impactful immediately with Sean Lee and Jalen Smith, uh, new passing game coordinator Chris Rossard, former defensive uh, coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. He comes over. He has all the talent in the toolbox for the secondary to do some serious damage. They've now committed Byron Jones uh, to cornerback. Look for someone like Jordan Lewis to play the slot. Should Obi Wuze opposite. Um, Opposite a player like Byron Jones, Xavier Woods, he's going to do phenomenal things this season. I predict Kayvon Frazier is going to step up in a big way. So the Cowboys defense can certainly be better than that of the Eagles. However, several things have to come to fruition this summer before that can be said with any real credibility, considering A, until further notice, the Eagles are in fact the defending champions and considering how they've reloaded with free agency, uh, it, it has to be something that's given to them at the moment. But in the long term, you're going to have things like injuries happen in this game. You're going to have things like, you know, a guy you thought was going to step up that didn't step up for the Eagles. Um, so a lot can go on. And I think by the end of the year, surprise, surprise, the Cowboys will be better defensively than the Eagles. But right now, May 9th, before rookies even report, I got to say no. But the good news is down the road, I think so. One name that perked me up there when you said Randy Gregory, former second-round pick of the Dallas Cowboys. He's only played in 14 games with the Cowboys. He's had multiple substance abuse violations leading to suspensions, and we haven't seen him on the field since the end of the 2017 season. What's the latest on him? Is there a chance he gets reinstated for the 2018 season? And if so, then how good is the Cowboys' defense looking? Well, as it stands, the Cowboys aren't planning on having Reg Randy Gregory back, which is the smart play business-wise. That's what they're saying. They're saying all the right things because they don't want to interfere or interfere at all with the uh, the process of his application for reinstatement. The application is coming any day now. It's been a long journey for Randy Gregory. We're talking rehabilitation. He's been gainfully employed. Uh, he went through the process of training and conditioning to get himself back in NFL shape. And now he's finalizing um, a mountain of paperwork, which includes uh, pinned letters from players like Sean Lee, Tyrone Crawford, um, some other unnamed players, and from what I'm hearing, some celebrities as well uh, that are very influential. All of this information is going over to Roger Goodell in the next few days, uh, and it looks like things are going to turn in Randy Gregory's favor. And if I was a betting man, I'd say that Randy Gregory will, in fact, be on the field for the Cowboys in 2018. If he can continue on this path that he's been on for over a year now, he's passed multiple drug tests um, that the NFL has mandated. Uh, he's, he's doing good things. If he can keep his head on where it needs to be, 
you put him at right defensive end, David Irving to his left shoulder. Uh, if you can land someone like Terrell McClain, bring him back home, and then over on the left edge, you look at Demarcus Lawrence, who had 14 and a half sacks, and then look at the rotational players behind those guys. Look at who's in the sec at the second level with Van Der Esch and, and Sean Lee, if he can remain healthy for 16 or more games. Jalen Smith, I believe, is going to hit the next level. The secondary that we talked about, Byron Jones, Shadobia Woozie, Jordan Lewis, Xavier Woods, Jeff Heath, as a rotational player, is one of the best playmakers there. Kevon Frazier. Um, if you want to add another safety there, maybe a Trey Boston, uh, maybe a Kenny Vaccaro, or if you really want to just go all the way to the wall and get Earl Thomas. He's still in play. I think that this defense can immediately be one of the best Cowboys defenses you've seen probably since the mid-90s, and that's not an exaggeration. If all of these stars align, this is going to be a terrifying defense for offensive coordinators to have to scheme against. Ooh, that doesn't get you excited, Cowboys fans. I don't know what will. You know what time it is. Give us a call. The phone lines are open, 615-422-5240. Please give us a buzz. It's the only way we're going to get you through to Patrick today without these comments working, but we'll do what we can. So please get those phone lines buzzing. All right, quick question I wanted to ask you, Patrick, while we're waiting for the phone to buzz. Philly, do they have kind of the mental fortitude, I guess? Are they prepared to handle what it mean, what goes along with defending a championship. This is their first Super Bowl and their first NFL championship since 1960. The Cowboys, they've been there, they've done that. Is there any way like fans can exploit that at all? They exploit it all the time, which which is what makes it fun. Um, the thing with the Eagles is they're about to find out exactly how difficult it is to repeat as champions in this league. The league is um, designed for parity. The NFL salary cap and their algorithm for their schedule is designed for teams to stay near the 500 mark um, and to keep a new shuffle of teams constantly going deep into the playoffs. Offs. Obviously, you have your exceptions like, you know, the Patriots, the Steelers have been doing well, even with their transition to Mike Tomlin from Bill Cowher. Um, not so much the Cowboys, but if you look at the Eagles, they've never been here before. And because they've never been here before, they don't necessarily know uh, as a whole, as an organization, how to make sure they get back. But I will say, again, they have reloaded. It doesn't look like they've weakened. It looks like they've actually strengthened. So they are still the favorites to repeat. But I think that eventually there might be some cockiness that kind of creeps in. And it happens with, with every NFL team that wins a Super Bowl. But if it's your first Super Bowl ever, it becomes that much more difficult to kind of get back there and, and shake off the the confetti, so to speak, from uh, from February. And they may have a bit of a hangover early, and if so, that would be prime time for the Cowboys to go ahead and jump out and get the NFC East lead and, and try to build on that so that they can have a firm grip on it or at least be in a good position by the time these two teams meet in late November. So I think things are going to get really, really provocative come late November going forward. But as far as Philly handling the pressure... I think that they have the veterans who can help them kind of alleviate some of that Super Bowl hangover. But in the end, it's the league built on parity. It's going to be very difficult for the Philadelphia Eagles to repeat and get a second one. I mean, it took them 60 years to get their first one. So what does that tell you? Well, we have a caller on the line right now. What's your name and what's your question for Patrick? Hey, this is Luther. How you doing, Patrick? 
Oh, he can't hey, hear. Man. He can't hear you actually. But go ahead. Or you won't I be able to, to hear know Tavon Austin's role. Uh, I think that's a good pickup. And what do you think about it? Tavon Austin, your thoughts on that pickup, Patrick? I like the move. Um, I, I don't like that the Cowboys tried to fit a square peg into a round hole with Ryan Switzer. That being said, like I said earlier uh, in the Star Witness broadcast, I think the divorce is going to work out best for everyone involved, especially Tavon Austin. If you can get a player like Tavon Austin, if he remains healthy, he's had some health issues, but he's admittedly not missed a lot of games, so he's tough. I'll give him that. He's definitely tough. Um, and he's going to bring something dynamic to this locker room. He's a sprinter. He's a former sprinter, so you got that speed. He has tremendous hands, um, tremendous change of direction quickness, and he's proven that he can play in the slot outside the hashes on rare occasions and go deep. Um, and obviously he can play out of the backfield. So I think when we're talking about a change of pace back, we talked earlier about what uh, Bo Scarborough brings to the table with bully ball, kind of comparing, combining that with Ezekiel Elliott. But if you're talking about lightning in a bottle, that is bottle is labeled Tavon Austin and if the Cowboys can utilize him correctly and to the full extent of his abilities watch out you're you're talking about a, a, a defense that uh, or I'm sorry an offense that defensive coordinators will have no idea what's coming next and that's the Cowboys goal the only question is can they finally break out of the mode of being so predictable on offense and actually use Tavon like they're saying they will that'll be the question mark going forward all right let's try to get one more call in here before we have to go all right, you're on the air on the Star Witness. What's your question for Patrick? And what's your name? No, because he knew anything about Jason Witten's boy that he recommended to take his spot. Um, can you repeat the beginning part of that question again? Something about Jason Witten. If Jason Witten. Is Jason Witten dot, dot, dot? I don't know. All right, hold on. We're going to go to this one. You're on the star witness right now. What's your name and what's your question for Patrick? Hello, you're on the air live right now. What's your name and what's your question for Patrick? Oh, yeah, this is uh, Darius uh, from uh, Montgomery County, Maryland. And uh, I just wanted to know, like, to me, Ezekiel Elliott is the bully. Like, I, we don't really need a Bo Scarborough for a bully. I mean, it's like we should be finding ways to get Ezekiel Elliott more touches. And another thing that I wanted to say was, um, like, Tavon Austin and uh, Ryan Switzer, they, like, essentially do all of the same stuff. So if um, Ryan Switzer couldn't work, then why would Tavon Austin work if Ryan Switzer couldn't work, and Tavon Austin hasn't been able to produce anything for the Rams. Two good points. Patrick, what do you think? Did the Cowboys need Bo Scarborough and your take on Switzer? I don't think the Cowboys need Bo Scarborough. I think Bo Scarborough is a luxury item that they're going to keep, and if they use correctly, then you're going to be able to get a more rested Ezekiel Elliott um, in those fourth quarters. And I think that's really going to come into play when you look at potentially going into the playoffs. The running back position is the most brutal in all of football, um, and you want to keep Ezekiel Elliott fresh. So you're going to peel back just a little bit of those carries. Again, we're not talking about going from 25 to, to 15. We're 
talking about maybe 25 to 22, uh, and then give Bo Scarborough the chance to come in and continue that bully ball. And then when you want to change the pace, uh, then you kind of integrate Rod Smith, but to a greater degree, you integrate uh, Tavon Austin. As far as Austin versus Switzer, again, square peg, round hole. Switzer, to his own admission, was not capable of being the scat back, the, the filling the Lance Dunbar role that the Cowboys wanted him to. Tavon Austin can and has proven that he can already do that, not only at the high school level, not only at the college level, but also at the NFL level with the L.A. Rams. So at face value, you would say, well, they're two fast guys who you know, essentially can do the same thing. But in actuality, this is a different role. Switzer is, could not fit the role. To his own admission, the Cowboys realized it. That's why they sent him to the Raiders. Tavon Austin has proven that he can, and I think you should be excited about what Tavon Austin brings to the table. All right, we went way over today, but I wanted to make sure that we got the fans and their voices heard since the comment section wasn't working. No idea why that was the case, but let's get Patrick's final take on this poll. Who will be better in the booth, Romo or Witten? The polls has spoken. The Cowboys fans say Roma will be better. Patrick, you stand with them? I'm standing with them. I think uh, the you know, two Cowboys legends who are following in the footsteps of uh, other Cowboys legends like Dandy Don Meredith and, and Troy Aikman uh, going into the booth, Michael Irvin, uh, who have set the standard uh, before them and now Romo is the new guard, Witten is the new guard, but I think Romo is going to show Witten the ropes and, and kind of help him move forward. But for the moment, until we hear Witten on that mic, Romo owns sports broadcasting. That's definitely the truth. All right, Patrick, I know I kept you longer than I promised, and you're a busy man, so time is money. I know I got to let you go to get back after it. Patrick, great work as usual. Thanks for stopping by Star Witness. Thanks for having me. As always, look forward to the next time. How about those Cowboys? <laughs> All right, let's close out the show here as we let Patrick go. Thank you so much for watching Star Witness, and big shout-out to everyone who commented that I couldn't read, and uh, excellent job to those who called in with questions. If you shared the video, a big hug out to all you out there. Make sure if you find yourself on the Dallas Cowboys on 24-7 Sports Facebook page that you're liking, sharing those posts because they go a long way to expanding the Cowboys uh, fan base. And Patrick works really, really hard to make sure that there's plenty of content out there for, to, uh, for you guys' enjoyment and consumption. Also, Sam Quinn do, working really hard, making sure there's a lot of great content out there as well. And if you find yourself in one of their stories, make sure you sign up for their newsletter so you get all the best Cowboys news sent straight to your uh, inbox. All right, I think that'll close things out for today. Hopefully, we have a little smoother running show next time. Uh, with a working comment section. How does that sound to you guys? I know it sounds good to me. All right, for Patrick Walker and the video team here at 24-7 Sports, working hard in the control room, make sure you're keeping it locked right here at 24-7 Sports. We're talking your team all the time.